Hello and welcome to Deluded, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. Neats, I still remember the day back in 2004 when Cam Bruce strolled in for his seventh goal and the D's beat Carlton by 100 points. Are we at the dawn of another great Melbourne era? Look, I mean, <laughs> as much as I would love to think that, um, I still think there's a lot of water to, to go under the bridge. I mean, it was amazing, and I'm not going to lie, I may have rewatched that third quarter because it was just so good watching us finally, like, really, really make another team cry. Yeah, really know? stomp on these Yeah, really kids. stomp on these, no like, mercy. children. You know, yeah. it was basically like making children cry. Exactly. These all, are all, like, 18-year-olds yeah. who, like, yeah. when they're in their sixth game of football... But it was very satisfying, nonetheless. It was ugly, wasn't it? It, it felt was like we were Hawthorne or something. Brutal. I know. I've never. We've never been like that. We've never yeah. really been a team that really puts on the foot on the accelerator and just just destroys the team. But they and, and early on, you were sulking a bit because the game didn't look that great. It, it didn't. The first quarter wasn't that great, honestly. And then that stupid free kick to Harry Mackay when he was, you know, because Gorn ran over oh, the, the mark, the fifty meter penalty, and it was all a bit of a, it was a bit shambolic, really. Yeah, moment, it, it really had the air of. Melbourne out of nowhere losing in a close game against the worst team that right. just plays this crappy, disgusting crappy, game. Exactly. And just defends really well. You know, yeah. I thought they would defend a lot better than what they did. Um, but, and yeah, the first the first quarter was really, you know, it was kind of, it was tight. They were getting some inside 50s. They were getting some good ball movement happening. But then, yeah, we just absolutely destroyed them after halftime to kill. Yeah. Well, our offensive movement in the last four weeks very has been slick. phenomenal. Very slick. Against no defense. Against but no defense. still, and, slick and nonetheless. I imagine it's not a coincidence that a few weeks ago we were saying our forward line looks terrible. We're getting a million inside 50s and no goals. Now, bad opponents and Tom McDonald seems to have changed that. Right, I agree. And, you know, it's... Like, I kind of, you can only beat what's in front of you. And so we've really capitalized on this four week period. Like, I mean, I feel like in yesteryears, we probably would have dropped one or two of them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we probably would have been like, oh, you know, three out of four against these terrible teams. That's okay, I guess. But no, we've really, really put the foot on the throat. Definitely, definitely. I mean, we look like such a slick outfit. I know. But Even though we're, I, I, yeah, I don't it's think a we bit should misleading. Read too much into it's it. definitely misleading. I mean, that was yeah. like a training drill for them last, last yesterday. Because the truth is, a lot of the players that have come good, it does seem a little bit like the quality of the opponent has been particularly critical. I mean, you look at Lever, right? Like, Lever is playing really well. And my really hope is well. he's got the confidence now to do this for the rest of the year. But it might not be a coincidence that his best game of the season is this week when Carlton's forward line was Pat Kerr. And Harry Mackay. And Harry Mackay. They've all played like 10 games or however many games they've played. Right, yeah. exactly. And so the, the question will be, can they take this confidence and push on, right? Like right. Players like Harms and Nibbler looked terrible and they've started to come good in recent weeks. I mean, it's just it's, it's about whether or not they can build on this, right? And, and that remains to be seen. And this week will be very interesting. Yeah. I want to talk, though, about your man, Milkshakes. Yeah. So, Nita, for our listeners to know, gets very, very hostile towards players if they do something wrong early in a game. I don't know what Milkshakes did in the first quarter, but you didn't like it. You said, I need Milkshakes to be dropped. I can't believe he's in the team. Did he's I actually no good. say that? I didn't say oh, that. And by the end I of the game, you were singing his praises. Yeah, I love Milkshakes. Milkshakes, on this podcast... A uh, certain Richmond supporter that we had on the podcast questioned whether or not Milkshakes would be a long-term prospect for us. Right now, he's looking like, you know, he's like our link man. He's our Tom Lynch. Could he be an all-Australian small forward, Milkshakes? Okay. Milkshakes and Eddie Betts, the two I don't forwards. think that's going to happen, but he's such a good link-up player in particular. Yeah. He's just a clinical finisher. He's so good. Well, no, his finishing isn't that great, actually. I disagree he, with that. He's had a few bad weeks, but yeah, when he's but on, his field he's really kicking on. is really good. Yeah. His field kicking is insane. Um, yeah, he's got pace and skill. He's great. What a great pickup from the Bombers. 
Absolutely. Um, Even though we were all very skeptical when we handed over a pick in the 20s for milkshakes. No, it looked like a terrible it deal. It looked like one of the worst deals ever. It looked like your classic deal that you'd get done when you were a really bad team. You can't, you can't get any sort of you know, talent to your club. So therefore you just start signing over like right. ridiculous draft picks. Kind right. of like... The Chris Dawes model. Yeah, Chris Dawes model. Or sort of similar to like Gold Coast giving up pick two for Lockie Weller. You know, I mean, right. not as bad as that, obviously. But, you know, yeah. in the same vein, it's, it's just kind of like... pouring ourselves out. Yeah, exactly. Just desperation to get anyone to the club that you'll take anyone, you know, right. regardless of whether or not those people are any good. But there you go. Yeah, it worked. Um, we should talk briefly about the Carlton perspective. Oh, God. I, I, mean, will, I will say, I feel a bit sorry for Carlton as much as anything because I love Brendan Bolton. I love him too. Isn't he such a nice guy? Oh, he's so great. I just love for him Even to when he been... swore at Bagley, he seemed like a nice guy. I just, know. He seems know, lovely. Yeah. Well, so this is my question to you, Kieran. Who is like the most likable coach in the AFL? Because I would argue it was Brendan Bolton. Yeah, I think it's between Bolton and Richardson. I like yeah, Richardson a lot. Unsuccessful team coaches. They're yeah. always the best. Because they have this kind of doleful look on their face at the press conference. They just want to coach the players and be really good mentors. I know, and like stuff. Fagan as well. Fagan seems like a good guy. Yeah, they're He's all He's just a nice works. old man who's a bit out of touch. And, yeah, you kind know. of kindly soul. Yeah, I agree. And then you have the real pricks, like the Clarksons. Oh, yeah, and Clarkson going to like, I'm going to go have a meeting with the umpire and, you know, I'm going to have a meeting with Gillian McGrocklin rather about my, you know, what happened in the game and show him vision. Like, yeah. Come on, how unlikable could you be? Exactly, exactly. So he's probably the worst. Oh, definitely, one hundred percent. Clarkson is one hundred percent. All he does is complain about the umpires. Yeah. Well, we'll post. We'll post a poll. Interested in everyone's take on the most likable and least likable coach. Yeah. You would have said least likable was Goodwin for quite a while. Oh, uh, I still. <laughs> after a month of wins, you know, it could always change back. I'm a pretty flighty character like that, kids. As yeah. you, you probably know, having been with me for like ten years, but. You know. Goodwin, look, I'm liking Goodwin more and more. He still does seem like this kind of mid-level corporate executive that trots out a lot of buzzwords and you don't know if there's not much substance. You think he does? Do you really think so? Do you so? get that a little bit? I didn't get that vibe. No, I just don't know how much is going on upstairs. That's <laughs> more of the issue. It's a more direct way It's not it. the buzzwords. It's more just, you know, I just, sometimes I'm just confused as to whether or not he, you know, as to whether or not he has the tactical nous to really take this team to the next level. Is he going to be a Clarkson that time? Look, you say that, but he's made some really good positional moves. Yeah, We've been true. talking about this. Tom McDonald moving forward. Um, Bernie and Lewis, at least for now, seems like a pretty good move I mean, Bernie defense. didn't have a great game, but no, I, I agree. The there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things you can credit to Goodwin. I mean, you can credit... You can credit Oscar McDonald's development, Tom McDonald in the forward line, you know, even getting Jake Lever to the club. Like, there's lots of things you can credit. Hogan in the middle of the ground. Like, there's lots of things you can credit to Goodwin. But I wonder, given how much press has been given to Craig Jennings, how much is it this is all just being masterminded by Craig Jennings? Huh? Everyone says that he is... What has Craig you know, Jennings done? I haven't heard He's a gun. I mean, everybody, everybody says that, you know... If St Kilda, you know, if St Kilda end up sacking Alan Richardson, they should yeah. go after Craig Jennings as like a really? as, yeah, he's like a tactical mastermind. My favorite thing about him is that amazing West Coast game last year where we so won non-plast. in the last minute. Jennings did not react. Yeah, winning goal, everyone in the box is cheering and celebrating. He did not move a muscle. Yeah. So, so I think Goodwin is a very good man manager from what I understand. Like he's mm. good with people and he's good with these generation right. Y types. Injecting who, fake tan. Yeah, well of, no, he's good with the he's good with the generation Y types, you know, right. and the sort of soft and, Fortnite. You know, Fortnite, you know, all that stuff. But handshakes and, exactly, handshakes and stuff like that. Yeah. like that. But I think that Craig Jennings is I, I feel like he's actually the tactical genius behind the whole. So what's your evidence for this? Uh you know, <laughs> 
rumours on Demon Land, um, as well as... No, there's been a lot of talk about Craig Jennings on SEN. And oh, on SEN. Yeah, well, in that case, it's, well, I guess we've, we've solved it Yeah, then. exactly. Brad and Milkart <laughs> called up and said that. My mate said... <laughs> Craig Jennings, yeah. <laughs> My mate reckons Craig Jennings. No, it's it's true though. Craig Jennings is, is seen to be a real in in footy circles, Kieran, which you are not um, associating in from DC. Um, but in inside footy circles that I am in, people think that he is very very um, highly rated. There you have it, dear little fans. The inside word on Craig Jennings. Um, let's talk about something we can have more of an opinion on. Um, Viney's return. Yeah, I mean, look, it wasn't the, you know, he didn't obviously have the most spectacular return, but I think he, he did okay. You know, yeah. he had a, like, he looked, he didn't look slow is one thing that really impressed me. I mean, I, he got done holding the ball once, but he, I thought he spread out of stoppages okay yeah. a couple of times. I think he picked up the pace of the game really well yeah. after that slow start. Yeah, made a good tackle. His kicking seemed okay, actually. His kicking seemed good. He looked fine. I think yeah. he's just going to improve every, yeah. every game. This is just about getting some Ks in the legs. It's incredible that we have Viney back now because we actually have a team with no injuries. Yeah, I mean, I said, well, obviously, to our sort of second tier or third tier players, but in terms of our best 22, it's a very clean bill of health. I think, yeah, I think you'd argue none of the players that have been injured would be in our best 22. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, Wiedemann at a stretch, maybe. Well, Wiedemann's in and out, but... Kent Kent showed a bit. Kent showed a bit. And I really hope that he stays at the club next year and in the future. Right. And I've got some time for Vanders, but no one's really someone who we would expect to be in the team. No, Pat McKenna or none of them. No. no. So it's an incredibly lucky thing. We should ride it for as long as possible. Yeah, That's what Richmond did last year. Yeah, completely. And, and, you know, it's a a a real credit to the club, actually, right? I mean, there's so many clubs... Or just statistical variance and luck. Well, is it just luck, though? I mean, you look at some of those other clubs, like Collingwood just get injuries every single year, and GWS just get injuries every year. And we had Gold heaps Coast, of injuries last but year. But Gold Coast get injuries every year to the point where like players just ended up leaving because the medical staff handled their yeah. injuries so badly. Yeah. I mean, so maybe it must be a, a sort of club thing as well. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's working. It's um, doing, they're doing well. But the question is, have we now got our best 22? Is well, this it? If we have, which is what Goodwin seems to suggest, there's some pretty big omissions in there that mm. you would have thought at the start of the year would almost be guaranteed in the best 22. Um, so let's start with Tyson. Yeah. Where is John Tyson? You know, he's kind of been replaced, hasn't he? By your man Gus. I kind of think so, yeah. It's, it's funny because I was saying to you the other day that I almost feel like Gus's, Gus coming along to the extent to which he has has really harmed Tyson because I think they would have just expected Tyson to be in the middle taking Gus's role I mean I don't think Tyson was really competing against Neil Bullen and, and Harms because they played no. a bit further up the ground Tyson's an inside player oh sorry fundamental. further towards forward line sorry he's an inside player he's an inside player exactly and so the person that's really taken over his role is Gus and Gus is quicker and fitter and probably a better mark and a probably a better kick I think this there's, stage. there's some other dimensions I think Nathan Jones has played a better season than yeah. people expected and more in the middle as well than people more in the expected middle. yeah I remember yeah. the first couple of games I think he was playing a bit more of a wing role yeah. But he's just been playing so well. You have to be having him in the center bounce. Yeah. Um, and now Viney coming back. Clary's obviously been brilliant. Yeah. Tyson. The problem with Tyson is, so he's really a ball winner who's not an amazing kick. Yeah. Uh, and he's so not the best runner, obviously. He's not the best runner. And I think he hasn't, unlike a lot of the other players, he hasn't really been developed to have a versatile range of roles. No, I feel like ever since he came to the club, he sort of had one role, right? Yeah. And that was Sitting probably... under Gorn and being Exactly, an and midfielder. that's a fair role, considering we had no midfield at the time at which he came to the club. And so yeah. his one role was to sort of get the ball and distribute. But now, it just almost feels like that's not enough, you yeah. know? And that in comparison to all these multifaceted players that we have... I mean, even Oliver has started kicking more in recent weeks and trying to um, take the game on a bit more, but... 
So, so far, there hasn't been much sign that Tyson could really be a halfback like a Lewis. Right, his or a forward. Or a forward. He hasn't really shown to be... I mean, he's kicked a few goals, uh, but... He doesn't really seem to have a huge amount of pace or any, or he's not an amazing mark. Or a tackler. Yeah, we're yeah. basically making it sound like he's got nothing going for him, but no, you know. But, but I think it's actually going to be interesting what the coaches do with him because I think they will need no, to groom him as a different role. He's an excellent ball winner. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But He's it's too just, good to be in the reserves, but I don't know where he plays. That's that's a problem, especially when he's competing against all these other guys who are just quicker is the sort of fact of the matter. And if Andrew Gaff comes in, I mean, it's hard to imagine how Tyson even stays at the club, which I know sounds a bit dramatic, but... Do you think that they'd trade him if they got Andrew Gaffin? I mean, you'd have to seriously think about it. Obviously, we're assuming right now no injuries, and that's what makes this easy. Right, right? exactly. And as soon as you get the an injury, you get Tyson injury to in. one of these players, Tyson comes into the team. But I imagine he'd be a bit frustrated as well, because this is the stage of his career. He should be exploding. Yeah. Right? He's in his mid-20s. He's been there for a while. He's been there through all the bad times, and now yeah. finally the club's turned a corner, it seems. But And the problem is he's really being replaced by young players. Yeah. So it's not like he can just bide his time. No. Yeah. It's true. So now let's talk about our next person, who has also been a bit of a disappointment this year, Garlet. Mm. What happens a- to him? After probably playing his best game ever. It is extraordinary to think that he is in the reserves and has been for the past few weeks. I've still got a lot of faith in Garlet, and I think he'll come back. I think they'll wait for the moment when a Spargo um, or a Hannon has a couple of couple of uh, poor games. Wait for Garlet to get into form and bring him in. I uh, mean, Hannon wasn't... Amazing on the weekend, but and he did his traditional four, two four goals in the last quarter. Exactly, yeah. put some pressure on. And he's uh, look, you know, you know, I like Hannon. I just think he adds some excitement. He tackles well. Um, he doesn't get enough of the ball, but I think he shows enough to show he's going to be really good. Spargo, I imagine, could fade a little bit later in the season. I mean, maybe they don't want to take him to Alice. Maybe that's not useful enough for the team. Right. Perhaps it's worth playing Garlic this week. Maybe, yeah. I don't. But he only kicked, kicked goal one goal. I mean, that's not really fair. In a hundred point win. Yeah, that's not really very fair, is it? I mean, that being said, I mean Jesse only kicked one goal in a hundred point win, and played very well. Right. Right. So stats don't don't always tell the story. That's true. But um, you know, it's not. It's not like he's really beating down the door. No, I agree. Um, so which look, is disappointing because I would have just assumed he would always be in that best twenty-two. I still think he'll make it in. I think it's just a matter of time. Mm. It's still very early in the season. Um, and then what do we do with the fight? The second, the third tour, rather. So there's this Smith, Pedersen, Wiedemann battle going on. The age-old battle between those three players. Well, Nitz, you know I'm biased, but I actually thought Smith looked okay. He, yeah. he competed well. Um, he took a mark or two. Oh, no, he took a few marks. Laid some good tackles. He still, to me, looks like a little bit of a limited player. I don't think he can kick very well. He can't kick that well. He's not super classy, but he does give it a red-hot go. I mean, he makes a real contest out of it. I think they'll keep him in the team, if no, nothing yeah. else, because, you know, when you win by 100 points and you don't play badly, that's not really a great reason to drop you. And it's not just that. I just think he deserves a couple of weeks to see if he can make it, right? Yeah. Like, it sounds like he's playing consistently well in the VFL. Give him a few weeks. Yeah. Wiedemann had a few few weeks. I, but even Pedersen's had a few weeks. I mean, everyone's yeah. had a few weeks, so just give them all a chance. Having said all of that, Pedersen... Six goals and 20-something possessions. He's got to have a case to come in this week. Smith looked handy. You're giving me this look of... I'm giving you this look of just... Despair that you've signed up for this. It's just kind of frustration, isn't it, from you? What's the guy meant to do? You just have one thing that you want to talk about on this podcast. I'm going to put this out to our listeners. Who else... um, And we can do a poll. Let's do a poll. Who else is sick and tired of listening to Kieran talk about Cam Pedersen? I don't think you're going to have any people agree with I think I'll have several people. Fine. Let's do the poll. And I want you all to be accountable publicly. Be please, please, please be accountable and tell us how sick you are here. Six and goals talk about and 22 positions. That's the biggest game in the VFL for a Melbourne player since Harley Ballack. 
which Holly Bally looks like two goals. weeks ago, wasn't it? <laughs> what happened to Holly Bally? Is uh, he close to getting into the team? I couldn't tell you anything about Holly Bally. He's yeah. only on a one-year deal, so he's not got that much time. Did he only get a one-year yeah, deal? Yeah, they only gave him a one-year deal. Oh, sound of confidence. Um, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Pick 53 and a one-year deal to so Holly Barrick. Cheers. Yeah. Okay. So, look, Ped's a possibility. I think they should probably persist with Smith for another week, though. See how it goes. Yeah. And uh, then there's the conundrum of Jaden Hunt. How do you solve a problem like Jaden Hunt? I don't do know. You? Yeah. It's I mean, just the kicking is just not up to scratch, but then you've got this amazing athlete. See, I was wondering if he could become a bit of a defensive forward in, a Jed the, in the Jed Lamb mold. Oh, because that's <laughs> where everyone wants to aspires to be. Oh, come on. Hunt is much better than Jed Lamb. No, but he's very quick. He's a very good tackler. Mm. Um, I reckon he could be good at it. The problem is I don't know how good his kicking is. And you do want, like in the same way that Jacob Townsend was kicking some goals for Richmond, you do want that player to be a bit more damaging. Or milkshakes, right? Yeah. So... Uh, I mean, maybe he slots into the defense at some point. Maybe he just waits for Vince and Lewis to retire. Maybe that's what happens to him. It's going to take him a while. It doesn't look like they're going to retire. I mean, I imagine Vince, one of them will be done at the end of this year, realistically. Do you think, well, it realistically be Vince because Lewis has got another year, I think. So maybe if Vince bows out or they just, even if he doesn't bow out, they just play Hunt more next year. Maybe that's, that's a decent transition. Do you think that's transition. what they would do? Yeah, I think that's fine. But I Vince's kicking is much better than Hunt's. Even though he did kick it directly to Patrick Cripps on the weekend, which yeah. was just shocking. You're but, very sour. You'd retired Vince at that uh, point. At that point, I've retired Vince. And then he sort of, you know, came back. Um, okay, so let's let's draw, go, no, turn now to our, our attention to um, one of the polls that we ran last week. So the biggest surprise and biggest disappointment of the season. Yeah, the... I'd say most votes were for Fritch as the biggest surprise. Yeah, and he's a real surprise pack. I don't think anyone yeah. thought he'd be playing every game. Interesting question you raised during the game. Does he look more like a gnome or a goblin? I think gnome. Yeah. Um, if you think goblin, please let us know. Yeah, it's a tough call. Mm. Um, he's been brilliant. He's been awesome. He's been really what good. A gun. Um, what a gun. The pick Jack up. Watts pick. Yes. Now looks genius. I thought the Charlie Spargo pick was... No? No, I think it is, it is Fritch. It, it was, was 31 or 33 Fritzel. or something. He's looking great. He's looking really good. And disappointment has to be Hunt. I really yeah. thought that he'd become like this sort of Jason Johannesson-esque type player, but that just hasn't come about. I agree. Still early in the season. I don't think we need to write that off. Um, but yeah, it's been a bad start. Um, let's talk now to the famous Rowan Bale Award, first underrated performance, which is kind of tr- tricky in a 105 point win because really everyone played well I think this everyone week, got rated yeah I think this week has to go to someone who we've definitely criticised on the podcast from time weeks. to time uh, <laughs> it has to go to none other than Alex Neil Nibbler he, he played a great game he was excellent he was very good he was so good it was his best game for the season yeah his finishing was slick yeah I think that was a big difference really slick yeah and he looked quick he kind of looked like what he looked like in the preseason and yeah. in, at times last year like the slick outside player, mm. which is not what I ever expected him to become. What did you expect him to become? Well, in his first few games at the club under Ruse, he looked like this kind of slow inside player, and he couldn't really kick it very far. Apparently, he's like the fittest guy at the club. Yeah, yeah, he runs a lot, but he's actually got some polish as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that was it's a little a bit bad game. for Stretch. Stretch must be feel a little bit heartbroken watching Nibbler play well because they're just best friends or whatever. Yeah, and Stretch is trying hard. He's doing all right in the VFL. I know, right? but he's just not getting a look in. I mean, the team is just so competitive now. Yeah. Um, okay, so Nibbler survives after we called aggressively for him to be. Yeah, what last a week. great game though from him. So he definitely is the winner of the Rowan Bale Award this week. Okay, let's talk about the game against Adelaide because honestly, much as the last few few weeks have been fun, 
they kind of don't mean that much. I mean, if we didn't win those well, four games, Goodwin them, would be sacked. Oh, a hundred percent. If we if we lost like three out of four of them, I honestly think they'd be calling for Goodwin sacking. Because we've played and four me in teams with like no players, right? And everybody's injured out of out of form and at the bottom of the ladder. Pretty much every week, it's been the team most at pressure under in the news. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's true, actually. Yeah. Um, so, so this, this week's, week's a real game, a real interesting test. S- still against a team with no players once again. I mean, not no players. They've got I mean, some players. No Taylor Walker. Um, no Sloan and hopefully well we don't know but maybe no, 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 no uh, Matt possibly Crouch. no Matt Crouch no McGovern no McGovern that's a pretty handy list of outs you yeah. have to say but then the rest of their team is like Gibbs Betts yep. Tom Lynch Jacobs Daniel Talia you know the list goes on so Doody. there's some Duty, their replacement lever yeah the battle versus of Duty versus lever mm. been waiting to see that one um, uh, in terms of sort of ins and outs Kieran who do you think will be in and out this week Look, I think Bernie will get suspended. Um, For the Dale Thomas hit? Yeah, that had suspension. Bernie suspension It was just lucky that Thomas didn't sort of get concussed from it. I mean, it's classic Bernie, though, isn't it? I think he gets a week for that with his record. I mean, I don't know anything about the AFL's point system or whatever. Uh, It just had that look of Bernie getting suspended. Well, he's already been... I think he's only been reported once this year, and he got a fine. So he hasn't been rubbed out yet. So he was due... And last time we played Adelaide, he got uh, reported twice. In one, in two one half, incidents. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was against Betts and then also against Douglas. How does he do this? It's incredible. It's extraordinary. He's such a likeable bloke. But I he's just know. always bashing into people. Um, I reckon he'll go out. And then the question is who comes in. I know you're going to hate this, Needs. I reckon they'll bring back Wagner. No. I don't even know if he's playing, but I just think they love Wagner. They no, can they find won't. a way. Do you think they will? Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. Hunt played well in the VFL. There's something about Wagner, though, in the coaching staff. You're looking at me very disappointed. I just am processing, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, that's, I think, the most likely change. If Vince survives, you'd say the question is, does Smith keep his spot? Yeah, I think I think Smith would. I think Smith, Smith would. After a 100-point victory like that, you can't really... Well, he competed strongly. It's not like yeah. he wasn't making an effort or... You know, it, it wasn't like there was an effort-based problem. It was just probably a little bit of execution issues a couple of times. But you can't really drop someone in those circumstances, I don't think. No, I agree. And I actually think, in a way, this will be a fantastic test to see if he's actually got it at all. Yeah, totally. Because he'll play against a good defender. Phenomenal um, defender. He'll probably play against Hardigan, Hardigan or, or something, something like right? that. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great test. Well, he, no, he would play. I mean, the best... Let's say Talia goes to Jesse. Maybe Hardigan goes to Tom McDonald. I reckon Talia goes to Tom McDonald. Talia goes to Tom McDonald. Hardigan goes to... I reckon Duty will probably go to... to Duty? Yeah. Yeah, and then Hardigan. Well, one of those combinations. One Any of those players. We're all good. very good. Yeah. Um, so the Ped probably doesn't get a go this week. Does Wiedemann? I mean, Wiedemann was okay. But he's injured now, and we're not really is sure. Is he still injured? I'm not sure. We, they, they didn't really say how long he's going to be out for. So I just think the truth is, he got three games. He looked okay. I reckon he should go back to the VFL and try and play really well, and then get back into the team. Yeah. Because look, he was solid, but he was getting eight or nine possessions a game. He wasn't taking, you know, taking the world by storm by right. any chance. I think Smith did more than Wiedemann did in each game. I'm going to put that out there. Uh, I think, I think possessions-wise and marks-wise, I'm pretty sure Yeah, that might be true in terms of being a competitor. Yeah. But then that also comes down to the fact that Smith is older and is a mature age and, you know, yeah. has a bigger body and a bigger frame. So maybe some of it is just means that, you know, when you're a big key forward that you get drafted as you kind of just need to spend like three years maybe just in the gym <laughs> yeah. as a, like a permanent project. Right, 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 right. You know, until you really have the strength to compete. Yeah. So, Nitz, do we win? 
I actually think we will win. You yeah. know, I think this will be really interesting. I think we'll win. Um, I think our midfield will just get on top of theirs. Yeah, I mean the form Gorn's in is amazing. Although, although Jacobs is a phenomenal. Jacobs player. is a great player, but there's no no Sloan, no Brad Crouch, potentially no Matt Crouch. Yeah, and Brad Crouch I think was their best last time. I think he was. Yeah, that's right. And Matt Crouch was also right up there. And I think Sloan got concussed, but I think before that he was playing pretty well. But yeah. and no Taylor Walker, who always eats us. So. Yeah. You know, Taylor Walker versus Oscar McDonald would have filled me with not not much confidence, despite yeah. you know the resurgence of Oscar McDonald. But um, no, I think we have a really really good shot here. I think we should win and win easily. Yeah. which is always the risk for Melbourne. Oh yeah, then that's uh, just going to be a really disappointing fifty point loss. Because the way we lose, I think, is Gibbs has a big game and yeah. he usually plays pretty well against us I when think he plays. He just the knows that we're not that good. Yeah, yeah, he, he knows. He, he can knows. sense. And Betts has never really exploded against us, but you don't. He is worrying. Oh, he? yeah. He played a great game last week. And Tom yeah. Lynch, I think, would really eat us Tom up. Tom Lynch plays very well against plays us as well. very, very last well. Last time he came back from meningitis and still got 27 possessions. Yeah, exactly. Goals. That doesn't fill me with the most confidence. But so I do I, think our midfield is just vastly, vastly better than theirs right now. Exactly, exactly. So, look, my optimism was maybe a bit too much when I remembered all the players they have. But I still think we'll win by 20 points. I'd say 25 to 30. Okay. Well, Let us know your predictions. Yeah, and thank you for joining this week's Deluded, and thank you all for contributing to the polls. Our social media engagement has gone up, Facebook tells me. You're looking at me really um, accusatorily, because <laughs> I feel like you think that that should be my role, but you've been actually taking on some of the onus. Okay, well, it's worked. So thank you all, and we'll have more polls to come. Um, and we'll see you after next week's win against the Crows. And we'll be second on the ladder by then? Hopefully. Let's not speak too soon. Yeah, don't speak too soon. Go Dees. Go Dees.